I like pe seeing people go from where they are to where they need to be. Like, I love that. Like, that's why I like making tutorials. I like making reviews because I just love getting the comments. Like, man, I just saw this review video because of that. You know, I started my own business or I did this or I did that. And I'm like, that's, that's so cool. You know, I mean, money aside, like that to me is gold. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast brought to you by the Polar Pro Studio. Today's guest is return guest, the one, the only, Sydney Diongzen. Sydney is now a full-time YouTube creator with over 100,000 subscribers on his channel. He reviews all sorts of technology and camera gear as well as filmmaking techniques and tutorials, and he's a good friend of ours at Polar Pro. One of the things that really stands out to me about Sydney is his incredible, infectious personality and style that he has with his content. And it's been a real joy to see his channel succeed over the last year and a half. In fact, since the last time we recorded, Sydney has gone full-time into YouTube creation. Before, he was splitting his time with a full-time job as well as doing YouTube on the side. But once he made that transition, he's actually been able to sustain a full-time living on YouTube even during these rough times. In our conversation, we talk about those techniques and tactics that he's done to make his workflow as efficient as possible and some of the struggles that he has going full-time. Before we get to our conversation, I wanna remind you guys to go to polarpro.com and see some of the incredible filters and accessories that we have for sale. One of our top selling products right now is, of course, the brand new Peter McKinnon Variable Neutral Density Filter version 2 that comes in two options. You can choose it with a standard V&D set with the hard stops and the new build quality, or you can get my personal favorite, the one that comes with mist enabled to the V&D. That mist is a slight diffusion that makes all of your footage look that much more cinematic, and it gives you that little extra filmic look that has been lost on the digital age. So go over to Polar Pro com and check out the Peter McKinnon V&D version 2 filters right now. All right, without any further ado, let's listen in on my second conversation on the Golden Hour podcast with Sydney Diongson. This is my second time on the <laughs> yes. Golden Hour podcast. Second time, number two. Dude, All you right. were like, you were actually the first interview, I believe, right? Like the very first interview well, one I of ever the, did. One, one of, of the, the first, first or something like that, yeah. Yeah, it was you, Chris Poplowski, and uh, uh, Bricard, I think, maybe, was one yeah. of the early ones, too. But yeah. um, anyways, amazing to have you back on the Golden Hour Podcast. And this time, I have some experience with this thing, so hopefully it'll be even better than last. You're going to be in a pro. You're in a better set behind you. Way, yep. way better. So you are, <laughs> we're good. We are good. I'm going to just turn off my ring and my phone because <laughs> this, this episode know. brought to you by ring doorbell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. But no, we're, we're happy to have you back on the golden hour podcast. A lot has changed. It's been, I guess a year and a half now, almost two years, if that, um, yeah. since the last time we talked and uh, not since the last time we talked, the last time we talked on this podcast, the cool thing about that podcast was that's where we were introduced to one another and we became friends after that moment. Ever um, since, besties, twinsies. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, I love your work. I love your content. We really hit it off. We have that comedy kind of camera review aspect thing going on and uh, it's been a wild ride to see uh your channel grow over the last year and a half and uh yeah it's been fun to call you friend over the over the last two years as well so like uh, likewise man likewise so what are you up to over there in uh in texas right now what are you working on and what's what's new in your world so other than the usual youtube videos 
I'm kind of in a phase of like redecorating my home office. Yeah. Uh, just getting some inspiration from Becky and Chris and just <laughs> other, the other people on YouTube. They are. They're amazing. But like I've always wanted to like repaint the walls of my office. It had that dentist green color and it, it was fine. And I don't know if many people know this, but I actually had to change the colors in post because I hated the color so much and it just made my my face like that much more green. And uh -huh. so I had to, I, I literally like did the color picker. I picked out the walls, uh, the color of the walls, and changed it to like this neutral gray color. So yeah, so that's a, a little Easter egg. I, I had to color correct and color grade <laughs> and change the colors of my wall. Yeah, but now I just painted it just to this a neutral white and just, it's, I love it. Yeah, I saw your um, your studio tour you did a couple months ago now, I guess. It feels like an eternity, but I guess it was like maybe, what, six months ago or so when you when you started showing your studio. Is that right? When you started yeah, kind of changing things like up? That, yeah. yeah, I mean, I love how turnkey it is. Can you talk about some of the little knickknacks and things that you've designed to make it as turnkey as possible for your content creation? Yeah, well, I have a very small office. It may look somewhat uh, big on cameras because I'm using a wide angle lens, but because it's a small office, I wanted to make it as uh, useful as possible. So like every side would ha would be like a, a set, if you yeah. will. So this would be a set. Uh, I don't know if you see back over there, I have another, I have an aperture light with the light dome. Mm -hmm. uh, that in itself is a, is a set piece if I angle the camera that way. I'm currently making a gear closet right now, which will later be a set. And uh, <laughs> off over here to the wall is just a blank wall, but that will also be a set. It'll almost act, act as if it was a, like a solid background, but uh -huh. I'm gonna splash some color on that. And I love this little cinema light, just yeah. to add, uh, just to show some stuff like some of my favorite photos, which I've never done before. And I'm like, I should probably put some some of my work <laughs> in my smart. office. Yeah, and uh, and speaking of smart, good segue. I have a new smart desk. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> that was really smooth. <laughs> Absolutely, a smart desk uh, because I've been having a lot of like, like lower back pains, just mm -hmm. editing eight to twelve hours a day, just me, sitting down, making me want to sit up hurts. straight right now. Yeah, That's you know, true. and so. I love it because I get to push a button, it goes up. Heck yeah. I push another button, goes down. And so, yeah, it's still, you know, it's in progress, but, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely better than what it was before. Do you have an ergonomic chair as well? Have you invested in a, you know, a Herman Miller or something? That is coming on the way <laughs> by, by Herman Miller. So, uh, oh, cool. so I should be getting that sometime soon. Did you get it on sale or used or something? Because those things are expensive. Uh, that I'm actually working with them. So, oh heck yeah! That's <laughs> preview, <the> preview. <laughs> That's the best way to do it is to integrate a product review or a sponsorship uh, naturally in your content. That's the way to do it. Oh, so. totally. You know what's funny is that I actually reached out to them because I was like, like I I need some help. I'm I'm setting up the space. Like, can you like guide me? You know, if if we're not going to work together, at least guide me to something so maybe I can buy it. Whatever. But I ended up you know, forming relationships. So Heck that's, yeah. that's always nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I just started this job with Indie Mogul a couple months ago and they have Herman Miller chairs at every desk. I'm like high rollers. Jeez. Um, although Ted told me that they did buy them all half off. So, um, <laughs> from like a used, a used office store, but, um, I have never used one. Um, my dad has one and I've sat in it before and I always thought it was kind of uncomfortable because it's so weird and wacky. But when you actually start using one of those, it doesn't have to be Urban Miller. There's plenty of other ergonomic chairs mm -hmm. out there. But when you start actually using those, it makes such a dramatic difference. And when you blend that with a standing desk, 
it really takes that fatigue that you have as an editor when you're just sitting and working for 10 hours a day. Uh, it really removes that. And, you know, then it becomes you you have the pain of mental stress because editing can cause mental uh, exhaustion as well. But um, for me, especially as I'm getting older, I'm finding my lower back has a lot of pain. And so having a proper chair really helps solve some of those issues. Oh, dude. Yeah, I have like way more energy now. Like I've been uh, using the standing desk for like, like the last month or so, but my energy levels are way up. My back pain is like subsided. It's, it's changed my life. I can't believe I didn't do it sooner. <laughs> That's awesome. That's good. Seriously. To hear. Yeah. If you're listening yeah. <laughs> and you've been contemplating a standing desk, uh, get on it. And you can you can do it affordably too. You don't have to buy a super expensive uh, desk. You can actually get like these nice little tabletop things that can kind of go up and down. Uh, they're fairly affordable. So there's ways to to get around it. Totally. And if you have kids, fair warning, your kids will push those buttons and play with it. Like when I set up my <laughs> desk. My my five-year-old just pushed the button. It was already up, so it was going down. But I I, I tucked away my chair underneath the <laughs> underneath the desk. But then yeah. it tipped over, and like I grabbed it before like my entire computer like and NAS setup just like fell over. I'm like, no, I I will lose everything if this falls over. So if you have kids, <laughs> set those boundaries or lock the door. <laughs> That's amazing. So one of the things that I love about you, man, is you've just remained consistent from the day that I met you to now. Like you are a consistent YouTuber and you are, I think, the epitome of a working content creator. You're putting stuff out on a regular basis. You're sustaining, uh, you know, a living by doing this. Can you talk about just what it's been like over the last couple of years that you've been you know, a quote, full-time content creator? What has it been like and what are the, some of the things that you've learned along the way? That's a good question, man. Uh, I mean, so starting out uh, on YouTube is exciting, right? You kind of want to like make as many videos as you can, you know, you want to push out two videos a day if, if possible, whatever. You just get that <laughs> yeah. excitement, you know, and then you start to see the numbers grow, the views grow and, you know, the more excited you get, the, the, the faster your channel grows. And it's like this really cool um, uphill climb. And then as you're on that journey, um, you know, you go through ups and downs and all that stuff. And when you go through those ups and downs, you kind of get, I don't know, I guess tired, you know, <laughs> it's like, I'm working so hard. I got to do this because I know I want to do this full time and I'm, and I'm growing, but maybe I'm not growing as fast as I want to. And I think that's where the pitfall lies. Just kind of mm. worried that you're, you're going to plateau, but then you have to kind of remind yourself that, you know, why are you doing this? You know? Do you, are you doing this just just because you want to see the numbers grow or are you doing this because you love it? And that was like a serious question I had to ask myself a couple of times, like the past couple of years or the past uh, year and a half. Um, you know, would I be still doing YouTube for free? You know, do I love it that much? You know, if this wasn't a career focused kind of thing, like would I still be doing YouTube? And the answer is yes, absolutely. And mm -hmm. so I, I think it's one of those things where you have to remind yourself like, you know, I love this regardless of the views, regardless of the growth regardless of the income that comes in, uh, I want to be doing this for the rest of my life because I love it. That's awesome. And how do you do that? I mean, how are you able to sustain a full-time living as a content creator? What are some of the things that you've you've grown on in that, in, in the terms of making a living over the last you know year and a half since we've talked? Yeah. Uh, well, the last time we talked, I was still working a full-time job. And so now I, I don't have a, a nine-to-five right. job. Like, YouTube is now my full-time job, which is awesome. Cha-ching. Yeah, cha-ching, right? <laughs> but in that, it's uh, it's actually a lot harder <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. 
you know, you, you know, you know, you now have to worry about healthcare and all this. Like, you got to bring in the money. You know what I mean to to survive and stuff like that. And a lot of the things that I, um, a lot of the issues that I face with, well, actually, the one issue is just time. You know, the the lack of time to, to to edit, to film, all this stuff, because you're constantly thinking about the admin side of things, reaching out to sponsors, like even more so, and just like the business aspects of the business of YouTube. Uh, I found myself like a lot of my time like dedicated towards that, and so I think just uh, trying to manage my time better, like. I now batch film. You know, I don't just film one video in a day. I try to film two, maybe three videos in one day, and maybe not edit it that day. But like, just I reserve Mondays to edit two videos. I can always edit at night or in the mornings or whatever. But if I if I batch film on specific days of the week, then you know I can be a lot more productive. Um, and so things like that, just better time management, using uh, things like like uh, like Notion. Uh, love, love that web app. <laughs> I keep hearing about it. I, so I downloaded good. it and I was very confused and, uh, I feel like it's going to take me some time to learn it, but a lot of my friends now are talking about it and the fact that you're bringing it up, I, I should probably get on <laughs> notion, huh? It, dude, it is so good because like, if I have an idea for a YouTube video, like I could like write it down, I can schedule it and uh, kind of see like what my videos are like this week or next week or next month and stuff like that. And so it's like really helped manage my time. Have you done a Notion video yet on your channel? No, and I don't know if I want to because Sarah <laughs> Dietschy made like the best one ever. <laughs> okay. I think uh, I w- Andy, two, Andy Two already made one already, so it's like okay. G- I'm gonna watch both it all. Those. I watched <laughs> I watched a couple minutes of Sarah's and I I downloaded it and I was trying to follow along and got a little confused. I should actually sit down and, and watch it. I'll watch both of theirs, Andy as well. So yeah, yeah, but you know those kind of things just kind of help help me manage my time better. And like, that's probably my biggest weakness is like, I just, I'm not a good manager of my time. I just want to create, <laughs> me too. you know what I mean? If I had someone just, you know, say, Hey, you got your deadline is this, do this, whatever. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'm not there yet. But, uh, <laughs> but, but tools like notion and like batch filming, like those are like probably two of, uh, of the biggest takeaways that I've learned, uh, in, in trying to do this full time. That's awesome. And you also have picked up an agent now. I think you're working with uh, Space Station. Is that right? Space Station. They are incredible people. Awesome, awesome people. And uh, yeah, I think I think they picked me up when they started. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When they started. And so I was kind of like, it was maybe during the time. Like how this works. Yeah. Maybe when we interviewed, it was like beginning stages or whatever. But how has that partnership worked out? They're basically an agency that works with other YouTubers that kind of brings in those sponsorship deals. Are are they working with you, um, you know, quite a bit with, with bringing sponsorships? Yeah, they have. Absolutely. Uh, we definitely worked a lot, especially in 2019. Uh, and we worked uh, quite a lot uh, this year, too. Um, and they're, I don't know, I love them all. I mean, like, we're, I guess, social friends, because uh-huh. I've never, other than, like, you know, <laughs> Travis, Honduras, and, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and then Sean Holiday. like, I haven't met everyone else, but, uh, but they're sure. just good, good people all around. But are you bringing in your own sponsorship deals as well now? Like, have you had to kind of especially during COVID and all that, did you reach out to people? I mean, you mentioned Herman Miller and something that you yeah. reached out to. How do you, yeah, how do you manage because, that or, you know, bring in your own stuff? Yeah. I, 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 well, I, even though I have, um, managers helping me like just try, um, like book gigs, like I, I quite like 
uh, I guess the the pursuit. I quite like like pursuing those kind of things. I just I really <laughs> like it. You know what I mean? Um, I, if I if I can reach out to Herman Miller without having to go through an agency, like just having to wait that extra day, whatever. Like if I can get it now, I'll do it. Um, and so, and so I don't know. I think for me, when it comes to stuff like that, like like I started YouTube by doing that. Like I reached out to Think Tank Photo, uh, yeah. their backpack company. I love them. They and, gave me the Streetwalker. I love it. It's my daily carry. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a great backpack. And, um, you know, I just, ever since then, I'm like, I've been hooked just trying to connect with other brands. And like, the more you connect uh, like with those brands, the less, I guess, scary it is because you're, you're connecting with other human beings, you know? And now that we can like DM other brands and make deals <laughs> via Instagram or Twitter, like it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And so th- then that comes to the question of how, how are you able to naturally integrate those brands and those sponsorships uh, to make it work, you know, for the people that watch your content so that it doesn't feel like a commercial and more of like this. I subscribe for Sydney. I don't subscribe for, you know, these sponsorships. I subscribe because I love Sydney Dyongson. So how do you merge that and how do you blend that? And what are some of the things you've learned along the way with that? Um, I think whatever sponsorship or brand deals that you decide to partake in, you have to align it with where your life is at, at the moment. Um, like right now, I'm kind of renovating my home office. And so naturally, it would make sense to to partner with Herman Miller or Autonomous uh, with a smart desk or, you know, any other brand related to making your, your work life better. Um, that totally aligns. And if, it, if I find it, if I generally find it useful for me, then, um, then I think it'll be a more effective brand deal for, you know, potential buyers when they see that video. And so I, I, I think you have to align it with where your life is at. Uh, I used to just take whatever sponsor deal there was just because it was exciting. And, you know, I never, you know, when I started YouTube, I, I've always wanted to do the domain.com or Squarespace or whatever it is just because it was cool. You know, I saw Ryan Conley from FilmRight do that. And I'm like, I want to do that. I want to get a, a sponsor brand deal. But, you know, the more you grow and the more you kind of uh, see it as a business, you have to be selective in who you work with because you know it's your brand you're not working with other brands brands get to work with you and that's the big thing that's a big key key takeaway that i think a lot of people as they're growing their youtube channel like should really grasp um what's your biggest fear (laughs) as a content creator i'm going deep here my biggest oh gosh my biggest fear as a content creator is going backwards and like losing subscribers (laughs) i remember okay so i remember uh, I was growing like super fast one year, like early 2018 or something like that. And uh, I was growing like, oh, I don't know, uh, 10,000, 10, 20,000 subscribers a month. It was nuts. I was like, whoa, this is exploding. And then um, YouTube does this thing where every now and then they kind of um, uh, remove subscribers, like a large portion of subscribers, right? Like whether they're bots or not, I don't know. But they, they remove like 7,000 subscribers uh, one week. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. What What the heck? This is crazy. And uh, I learned that, you know, this is what they do. I'm like, okay, whatever. But I have a feeling that since then, my my channel hasn't grown as fast. Like, it's growing steadily, which I'm very thankful for. But definitely not at the rate prior to that that huge removal. And, I mean, if, if they remove bots, okay, cool. I'll, I'm happy with that. But, um, but yeah, my, my fear is going backwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're certainly not going backwards. But the thing about YouTube that constantly frustrates all creators is how frequently things change with the algorithm. So, 
you know, maybe during that process, they also changed the way that discoverability happens or whatever, you know, things yeah. are just every day are changing about YouTube. And it's, uh, it's a full-time job just keeping up with uh, what YouTube decides they want to do with, with the content. With that being said, you also have a very thriving Instagram following and, and other avenues as well. Are you diversifying your content or those things that you're kind of trying to think about, you know, how you can div diversify? Because relying on just YouTube can be a little risky, if, especially if you're wanting to um, be full time. That's correct. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I I, I try to uh, probably not to the extent that I want to just yet. I uh, still need to build a team. Um, but, yes, sure. you know, trying to diversify um, I guess, um, my presence on different platforms, as well as like simple things like, you know, the good old email list and uh, yeah. trying to get a, like, you know, a group, like a Facebook, Facebook group or, you know, what have you, um, just trying to figure out ways that I can connect with other people, um, other than just YouTube. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, when we had that TikTok scare, when, you know, <laughs> the U S would be completely excluded <laughs> yeah. from TikTok, like that, that was scary for a lot of people. Yeah, no? it was. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad it worked out the way it did, but uh, I'm still hesitant. By like, I had a couple of videos on TikTok, and now I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of over it. Like, let's just go back into YouTube and Instagram and Twitter and stuff. But TikTok's still thriving. Do you do you use TikTok? I I don't. I don't. I know I should, but I just I <laughs> can't here. get it. You know what I mean? Like for me, YouTube and Twitter is where it's at. Like, if, yes. I'll tell you what. If I could be a Twitter, Twitter influencer. Twitter influencer, like that's a dream job. <laughs> you know, I'm on Twitter too, so yeah, it's it's the same thing here, dude. I love Twitter, but I noticed the other day that um, I posted, I think, the same thing on Twitter and then on Instagram, and Instagram gets dramatically more response, and it's like it's frustrating because it's like I'm actually trying to do things on Twitter, and and it's not working, and nobody cares, and then you just kind of like halfway do something on Instagram, and it performs better so it's a better app it's a more thriving app especially in our community probably if, if we have to face the facts a little bit right but i don't know yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> it's a who knows there'll be another app out there i'd be like oh, what what's that's another thing that we have to learn <laughs> we're yeah. getting old man <laughs> we are getting old yeah i just turned 30 this year which uh congrats was a big a big milestone but uh i'm happy to happy to be in the 30s it's a good good bracket to be in for sure <laughs> um let's talk about gear because you know i'm the gear guy and and so are you uh sony has been crushing it this year with oh, the man. a7c with the a7s3 and then the upcoming rumors of the a7 IV. talk about just this crazy year with sony and then obviously the fact that all of this has happened during you know a crisis and a pandemic where people don't have $3,400 to spend on an A7S. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, what's, what's crazy is that this is probably one of Sony's best years in terms of like releasing new gear. Like I love my Sony A7S three. I mean, I, I think I reviewed quite a few Sony cameras this year, the A7C ZV one. Yeah. That, that oh, came yes. out. Oh, I can't believe that was this year. It feels like forever ago, but you're right. That was this year also. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just, it's so, it's so cool seeing Sony step up and like, it took a while for them to make a name for themselves, like in the in the camera world. Like they were really the third party kind of or third wheel kind of brand. You know, it was yeah. really Canon and Nikon that were the big dogs. But Sony's like really stepped up. And what I really love about Sony is like they really care about the community. 
you know, just, you know, uh, events, like where we got to connect again with Camera Camp. Uh, well, you weren't Camera Camp. But I wasn't events, there. No, Connor uh, was there, but he's not the same as me. You were there in spirit. We're like, what, what did you do with Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I traded him for Armando. That's what he said. There it is. There it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, like just, I, I love, I love the fact that Sony's making cameras that makes it easier for me as a creator just to create. You know what I mean? And that's, that's what I love. I think a lot of us on YouTube have been kind of, I, I don't want to say complaining, but at least bringing this up for years that like, if you make cameras for content creators, it's actually going to benefit the company. Even if like consumers and the people who purchase the product aren't buying it for those reasons. Like if, if people are overall mostly indifferent about a flip screen, put it on there for the content creators. Cause they're the ones who are like selling it on YouTube. So like the fact that the a seven S three is literally the ultimate like dream YouTuber camera. And then even the ZV one, which if you were to have handed the ZV one to Casey Neistat back in 2016, that would oh, have been dude like game over, yes. you know, and same for the a seven S three. Like he even has posted on Twitter, like, you know, this is it. This is the perfect camera for me. And he's he's switched over to Sony, um, even though he's not doing what he was doing in 2016. But he has done a couple of vlogs here and there. But yeah. um, it just makes our job so much easier. You know, it's got the proxy workflow. If, if your computer's not mm-hmm. able to handle the footage, which now the M1 Max can eat through it like nobody's business, uh, which is insane. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's so exciting. Finally, like a camera company took what I think a lot of us were we're asking for you know 4k 60 and now with the years of an s3 like 4k 120 goodness gracious with a flip screen with great autofocus ibis like there's really nothing to complain about with the a7s3 i mean you can get into the nitty-gritty but the a7s3 to me is like pretty much perfect yeah oh yeah totally agree and i think you know there's uh it's it gets kind of tricky because you know, we make these reviews on 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 these cameras, right? And uh, you get the comments where it's like, "Oh, well, it doesn't have this or that or this, whatever." I'm like, "Okay, well, then that's not your, the camera for you." But there are <laughs> plenty of cameras out there. Like, if you're looking for something that that is more like the the Nikon interface, user interface, then get a Nikon camera. <laughs> like, no yeah. one is stopping you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally. There's no right and wrong. Like, at the end of the day. We get the tool that, you know, speaks to you. I think there's something to be said about the inspiration of the tool as well. Like certain cameras might feel better or, you know, in Fuji's case, I think the Fuji cameras look really pretty. You know, they're they're beautiful cameras to look at. They're designed after this retro aesthetic. So there's something to be said about that, too. Like if you like the way it looks, <laughs> like be my guest, you know. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> and then the flip side of that too is we have incredible mobile phones now. I mean, the the iPhone 12 Pro, which you've done a review on, uh, talking about cinematic footage with the iPhone 12 Pro. I mean, it's just getting better and better. We have 10-bit HDR now. I don't know if you've downloaded the new Filmic Pro app, but they've updated it to include um, HDR and uh, Dolby Vision. So you can actually shoot at like a higher bit right now with HDR in 10-bit. So it's gotten so amazingly good. What are your thoughts on kind of mobile photography and filmmaking in, in oh, the man. future? Oh, man. I... I love it. I, I'm not a, I'm not one to get like the the newest iPhone every year. I kind of skip generations. Um, but I was really intrigued with the 12 Pro. I had the 10R, so uh, I really wanted the, the the 12 Pro because of the wide angle lens. Like I just knew that I would use that a lot, and so I got it and I filmed and I actually I filmed a review video on it and I was just so blown away 
with the wider angle um, field of view, the, yeah. the the colors, the dynamic range, and I'm like, wow, I can I can really use this. Like, I can actually start vlogging again, like properly. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> instead of having to bring a big old camera with a mic and all that stuff, like to film shots, like in the car, or just to say a little piece if you're, you know, walking out, but you want to capture a shot, like the camera's in, you know, it's in your pocket. And you can vlog know, with it, yeah. and it's great. And the audio is decent, and it's usable, totally usable. Um, and so I'm excited to see like where where Apple is taking this. Like they really are taking the charge in mobile filmmaking and mobile photography. And I kind of want to like maybe on my Instagram more like just kind of take more I guess authentic photos just straight from my phone. I mean the phone's great, you know. Yeah. Uh, the camera's great on the phone, <laughs> and so I don't know. It kind of makes me just want to film more, and I have been filming more a lot with the with the 12 Pro. Well, you have a video back when kind of the 12, when you got the 12 Pro, or at least when it was announced, uh, Sony fanboy sells camera. And you're talking about the ZV-1 and the comparisons between the ZV-1 and the, the iPhone 12 Pro. What are your thoughts on that? Like, do you think that kind of that niche of those small point and shoots with those little bit smaller sensors, you know, it's a one inch sensor in there. Um, is that that kind of niche camera? Is that going away? Do you think with the phone's getting better and better or is it is there still a need there for something like that yeah i don't i don't i don't know it's crazy because uh you know i sold the zv1 um because i wanted to get the 12 pro and i don't regret it i mean <laughs> sometimes sometimes i do because you know matching the color science and you know a 4k camera and a 4k camera like it matches so well with the a7s3 where trying to match footage with the iphone 12 pro it's a little bit tricky not impossible but a little bit tricky but I don't know. I mean, it's the gap is getting smaller and smaller every year. Yeah. That I don't know. We might we might see the uh, the decline of point and shoot cameras. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I don't know. Maybe 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 not. Uh, who knows? Maybe Sony will come up with something pretty cool that will just blow us away. Who knows? But uh, but yeah. I mean, I can see a lot more people using their phones as their main camera. I think the the base model point and shoot has completely been eliminated. Like the cameras that our moms would buy and and take pictures of in the early two thousands, those are gone. The cyber shots, yes. <laughs> the cyber shots. The uh, and then even before that, my mom always had you know a film point and shoot as well. Um, those seem to come back because it does have this nostalgic, beautiful look to it. Uh, people are using disposable cameras again all the time now on Instagram, which is funny, but, um, but it seemed like that pro point and shoot that ZV one or the RX 100, that pro point and shoot still had a use, you know, it's a thousand dollars. It can shoot raw. It can do 4k video, but now as the phones are able to shoot raw and as the phones are doing 10 bit video, um, you are only now the only thing is that Sony has a 1.8 aperture and a one inch sensor lens. So like you do get better depth of field uh, with a camera like that. You get the flip screen, you know, which is more suitable for, for YouTube creators. Hopefully we'll see things and tools that can maybe add on to the, the new iPhones. I'd love to see like a MagSafe screen or something. Wouldn't that be cool to like, dude, that would be genius right there. <laughs> and this podcast officially boom, Dave Mays. That's a brilliant, brilliant idea. Because that's the thing that's missing is we all want to shoot on the main camera, but uh, you can't see yourself. So you have to use an Apple watch or something if, if you really want to, but um, which is a trick by the way, to take your Apple watch and strap it on the phone and then go to <laughs> video mode. And you That's can do smart. It. That's smart. Um, 
Where do you think phones are going though? Because there is a limitation with the sensor size, right? Like, is it computational? Is there ways to trick a larger sensor? Or do you think they'll be able to put like a micro four third size sensor on a phone one day? Oh, I believe it. I absolutely do. Like, it kind of reminds me when um, mirrorless cameras first came uh, into the market. Uh, I just remember so much backlash from traditional photographers like, no, no, it's got to be film. doesn't have the same latitude as film. You know, these things are just toys. They're not real cameras. But the they were more affordable. And the more yeah. access it gave to people um, and the more people got their hands on it, the more content they got to create. And so... Eventually, over the years, mirrorless cameras like became like a force to be reckoned with. You know, yeah. I kind of yeah. I kind of see the same thing with with uh, with mobile devices. Like, it's kind of like, like the underdog, right? People are still saying, "Oh no, I can't. You can't use a uh, uh, an iPhone to to shoot this professionally or whatever." I'm like, "Well, didn't Mr. Beast like start with his iPhone 5? Now he's like <laughs> yeah. 20 plus million subscribers. It's like." It's like about the content you make, not necessarily the camera. Um, by the way, he, has 40, am... he just hit 40 million, by the way. Oh, Sydney. gosh, 40. Oh, where <laughs> am I? <laughs> Isn't it crazy? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited to see, like, where where um, mobile photography and film filmmaking is heading. Like, it's, it's only going to benefit us. You know what I mean? Well, the other, the flip side of that is the new M1 Max, and you have the, the Mac Mini. Is that right? You have the M1 Mac I, Mini? So something happened when I ordered the Mac Mini. Like I had a, a gift card and then um, I used it. Then I canceled it because I found out I had another gift card. And then it was like <laughs> this weird thing. And I'm like, oh, crud. I lost. I, I was supposed to have that uh, Mac delivered December 17th. But then I like got oh, okay. depressed. I'm like, oh, well, should I even buy it at all? So I'm like, nope, I still want to get it because my yeah. 2018 MacBook Pro is like just creeping out. Like I don't know what's happening. Like the display turns off if I don't plug it in. It's weird. Oh, no. So anyway... <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I just ordered the uh, the um, MacBook Pro M1 fully spec'd okay. out, and I'm super excited for it. I think that's what I'm gonna do too. I'm glad you got that one because I keep going back and forth on the Air and the Pro. Um, yeah. Because I love that taper because it's so much more comfortable to type on with the little thin taper on the Air. But I uh, don't shoot me. But I actually don't mind the Touch Bar. I think it's kind of cool. Like it's not bad. I know a lot of people hate the Touch Bar. Do you hate the Touch Bar? Ugh. Oh, you that's hate what it? I say to that. Oh, yeah, I mean, other than the emojis, like the, I, I'm not a, I, not a big fan. I'm gonna be honest. There's only one feature that I love about it, and it's the fact that it auto corrects my spelling like all the time, and I'm just tapping the words that I'm trying to type because I can't spell at all. <laughs> so that one feature Touché. alone, like, is is not bad at all to have. Um, I don't mind it. It's not terrible, but. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit brighter. The screen is a little bit better on the Pro. The speakers yeah. are dramatically better. And there are times... I have the 16-inch MacBook Pro right now, and the speakers on this are unbelievable. Like, yeah. it's so good, you don't even need studio speakers anymore. Like, I can yeah. actually edit on my MacBook Pro and use those speakers to edit with, which is crazy. But... Um, that's what I was thinking as well. The battery life is better. It's got a fan. Yeah, I'm going to be doing totally. high exports and, and crazy. I'm always going to push it to the limit with, with video. So, Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think I mean, we all know that this is like the first first one of the, the M1 chips. And so I kind of accepting yeah. the fact that uh, in the future, looking back, the M1 MacBook Pro isn't going to be as powerful as whatever <laughs> new Apple yeah, computer is out at the moment. And so I think I'm planning on getting... Uh, uh, a new iMac later next year, uh, yeah. whenever that comes out, which will obviously be more powerful. That'll be like you know my 
my desk station. But as far as like for mobile stuff, like if I can, if this M1 MacBook Pro will last me several years, then I'll be happy. I'll, I need a new computer anyway because like my display keeps turning off. So yeah, <laughs> and you're a and you're a Sony shooter, and a lot of people have been saying that like this the A7S 10 bit 4K at 120 frames per second plays back totally fine on the M1, which is mind blowing. It is um, nuts. Like I need and, to see it for myself, you know. But you're a Premiere user, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're in Final Cut, it's it's insane. But well, hopefully, in the next couple of months, Adobe will release you know proper apps. But even in the simulation with uh, Rosetta, which is a simulation of Intel that Premiere is running on, even with that, it's still performing better, which is mind blowing how good it is. So. Yeah, I'm really excited to try it out. And honestly, anything better than my 2018 MacBook Pro, I will take. <laughs> <laughs> That's really exciting stuff. So when it comes to uh, making a YouTube video, what are, what's your process of coming up with concepts? And do you write a script? I think we talked about this in our previous video uh, or previous uh, interview. But I'm curious to know like, if there's any workflow changes that you've made along the way that just make you as efficient as possible. You mentioned stacking your videos. I mean, how do you do that? How do you, how do you plan for three videos in one day? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I started out by, by writing uh, scripts like word for word and I had like this little mini teleprompter yeah like, the, from the parrot pa the parrot right? parrot have, yeah there it is <laughs> I have that as well it's great it's really nice it's a really cool put your phone underneath and you can just you know talk right away yeah um, but I I kind of wanted to uh, stray away from that because um, I wanted to I guess talk more naturally on camera and uh, and so I've just been using just talking points like just little notes here and there like one or two word notes like here here's your next talking point and I, I wanted to do that not just because I wanted to make videos more efficiently, but it was almost kind of training myself to like maybe speak on stage one day. You know, mm. if I can like say something on a particular topic um, and do it seamlessly without having to look at a, at a script, I can just look at my talking points. Man, that'll be cool. And so uh, yeah. what's cool about that is because I kind of trained myself like for the past year and a half. Um, I, I actually did my first speaking gig with uh, VidSummit. It was an online version, but I, I got to speak. And, uh, you know, because I practiced, like, you just relying on talking points, like, I got yeah. to, like, speak seamlessly, and it was, it was really cool. And so I feel like if you are going to be a YouTuber, you know, just pretend that you want, that, that you're going to be a public speaker, that you're on stage and you're making a presentation. Um, and uh, it, it almost kind of reminds me of, like, uh, what was it, like, uh, uh, public speaking class or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> you take a in college or something. Oh yeah. But um, uh, what's that? What's the, there's a name for it? What's it called? It's not public speaking class. It's something else. Isn't, isn't it? it? Uh, I guess it's over just your fear on stage. I don't know. I don't know. It's something. Uh, just speech class. That's what it's called. Just speech speech. Yeah, class. something least, like. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Totally. Totally. Yeah, but talking points are just like super easy. Like I have, I, I usually you know uh, focus on like the the what the why and the how in oh, that beautiful. particular order, like like what the product is or what the video is about, why this video is important, and then how this video works, especially if I'm doing a, a product review. Nice. Um, and so I just have those talking points and I can just talk right through. Perfect. And do you think about thumbnails, titles, things like that while you're also doing this? Or is that more of an afterthought or kind of a little bit of both? It's, it's such like a, a constant struggle for me because it's always an afterthought, like most most of the time. But Chris Howe actually said something to me um, a, a, a couple years back, and he said that he thinks of the thumbnail first mm -hmm. and then makes a video afterwards. And I'm like, 
that is such a good idea. <laughs> you know, if like an image just pops in your head, it's like, wow, I can make a video on this or something like that. Or yeah, uh, and so yeah, so it's kind of, it's a it's a struggle for me. That's probably like one of my my uh, my weakest points is trying to figure out like the thumbnail because like that's the image that's going to potentially draw clicks and views uh, to yeah. your video. And so if you don't have a good thumbnail, man. <laughs> Got to stand you out suck. in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. Inter- we interviewed um, Matt from uh, John Rettinger's channel. He's one of the oh, creative cool. directors there, and he said that they'll start their week with a uh, with a meeting, and they'll they'll just come up with titles and thumbnails. And he's like, "We have enough video experience now where we know for a fact we can make a good video." So we we begin our process at the title and the thumbnail and then from there kind of work backwards and just make a video around that you know so it's a completely different way of thinking and um when you talk about people like mr beast i mean that is 100 percent. you know what they're doing is how do we deliver what is like something people would just be attracted to um then they obviously have to follow up with that you can't just clickbait them you have to actually follow up with what that title is promising you but um but it is a struggle on a tech channel because you know insta 360 one x2 like that isn't a very catchy title to put it it's not a good thing to put in your title because it's messy it's long a lot of these numbers and Mm -hmm. letters but you have to do it for the search algorithm for the relevance of what the thing is about so it is a different beast than just you know i bought an island you know which would be a mr beast video (laughs) yeah but um, uh, what was I saying? Oh, I lost my train of thought. You were eating a quesadilla before, and then the thought of a quesadilla just came to my head just now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, before our interview started, I was finishing my late lunch and eating a quesadilla. So <laughs> sorry to put that image in your mind. <laughs> oh no, that, that's all right. But I, but I, I think I was going to say is um, I, that's why I love YouTube because it's because it's changing and it forces you to think. Uh, yeah. so different than what you thought last week. You know, it's ever so changing. It's it's, it's evolving. And I love the competition. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, I think it's one of those things that just makes uh, doing YouTube so exciting. You know, yes. it's not just, you know, waking up, you know, nine to five, you know, going to the studio <laughs> and just, yeah. you know, do all that stuff. It's like, no, like you gotta, you gotta be a part of it. It's a living and breathing thing. And it's just really exciting just to, to even be a part of it and to call it my job. Oh, it's It's absolutely. so much fun. That's what's so cool is it's not like another job where you have these rules and regulations. I mean, yes, there's you want to stay in your niche or, you know, do things that are related to what your channel is about. But within that, you can experiment and have fun with it and do whatever you want. And that's one of the things that I was so attracted to with you is the amount of comedy that you infuse into your content. Um, is that natural for you to just I mean, I know I know you personally now, so I know that you're naturally <laughs> a funny guy. Um, but is that something that you're intentionally scripting into your, your bullet points and things like that, like be funny here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but I probably should do that. <laughs> no. Uh, so, so whenever pause, pause for laugh cue, you know? pause for laugh. <laughs> um, so whenever there's like a, uh, a comedic bit, that's honestly just one of my bloopers, like me messing up and I just kind of keep it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll say something random. And I'm like, eh, whatever. I'll just keep it in. It's just, yeah. it's me. You know what I mean? Uh, I think like my first 20 videos, I needed it to be polished. And so I had to cut out uh, all the mess ups and stuff like that. But I think people find it more authentic when they see you mess up or they, totally. they, they hear like a stupid thing that you said or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, and so I just keep it in now. 
Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I learned as well as a YouTuber early on was that 80% is good enough, you know, and um, I think Roberto Blake says something really, really powerful. It's uh, you want to find the threshold of of uh, acceptable quality. That's it. You want to you want to get to the point where you figure out where that acceptable level of quality is and stop there because you can obviously go beyond that and and spend more and more time perfecting your edit and making it totally you know polished but um with youtube it's really all about like crank it out go make another video (laughs) you know yeah yeah and if your video sucks you don't get the views that you wanted you know just stand up do it again wipe the dirt (laughs) off your feet just go make another video exactly (laughs) I mean, for you, what are some of the things that that do best? I mean, you're obviously really in the Sony world and then, you know, iPhones as well. What are some of the topics that you try to cover that people seem to really respond to? Are you still figuring that out? <laughs> I don't I don't know anymore. I really don't know. Well, I think, uh, I think a lot of people I'm, started. Based on what I'm looking okay. at here, it looks like you got some really good views on your iPhone stuff recently. Yeah, but and I the don't Mac like making Mini. videos about it. I don't like making videos about it. I just, I kind of made it because I'm like, okay, I think this might, you know, uh, ride the trend. And it did. Um, <laughs> but I don't necessarily like making it, you know what I mean? Sure. Granted, it was just me kind of just ranting and just me documenting that moment. And, you know, yeah, awesome. It, it, it fits on my channel. Um, but I, I'm just still trying to figure figure that out. I think, I think deep inside, I still want to make original content. You know what I mean? Other than just... The reviews, the, yeah. the blogs, behind the scenes stuff like that. But I, I, I want to make like original content. I don't know if you, I don't know if you've seen like any of the um, Sony Alpha films that have come out I have, lately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, if if I can like you know make stuff like that, oh that would be that'd be so fun, so fun. So like working you know? with brands to do like branded content, uh, or just beautiful. Commercials Not necessarily that, or... but just like just to just to I don't know travel somewhere and just document capture something cool or even just make a like a spec commercial or like you know just kind of make yeah. original things that doesn't have to be youtube related or whatever but just this sure. is my work i'm gonna put it out on my channel and so i kind of want to do that more and maybe i will in 2021 <laughs> there you go there it is right there it's official <laughs> yeah um a friend uh i think you know jevin right jevin dovey yeah yeah he he played around with that idea too this year he actually made another channel where he put just films and it didn't Mm -hmm. do well and he killed it now he's back to his other channel he was like i don't know if i i don't have the patience and like drive to run two channels at the same time it's just a it's a lot of work doing this by yourself it it is it is hard um and i and well i mean he's doing I mean, both genres are, are tough enough as it is. And so I think if you are going to start a second channel, it's got to be like super easy. Fun fact. I don't know if you know this, but I have a secret second channel. <gasps> Did you know that? No. What is it? You didn't know that. I it's didn't. Called break, it's called Breaking Bags. Breaking. It's basically basically a backpack camera uh, YouTube channel where I just there you are. take a backpack. I don't say anything at all. And I just br- uh, get a hammer. I got a sledgehammer. And I just like just beat on it. And just kind of test it out, and so I have a wide collection of backpacks, and so you do have I try a lot to do it every. Yeah, and so uh, <laughs> it's so fun. Oh, it's actually amazing. more therapy for me, where I'm like, ah, oh, this year sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So that's my super secret uh, YouTube channel. Everybody go check out Breaking Bags, not Breaking it's a cool, Bad. It's a cool title. That's, yeah, yeah, it's a that's cool a title, great, right? a great pun for sure. 
Um, so what's the what's the future for you then? What are you what are you looking forward to in twenty twenty one? What are some of the things that you have, uh, at least just in your in your notion that you <laughs> that you've written down for uh, goals or um, you know future videos yeah, that you uh, want to do? I was literally just thinking about this early this morning. Um, I would love uh, for twenty twenty one to actually just run an actual business, you know, an actual media company, not just to work with clients or whatever like that, but like. You know, have a media company where I also get to like raise up a bunch of other young creatives, like to do what they're meant to do, to be a photographer, to be a filmmaker. Um, I think, you know, deeper um, from all my videos, uh, I I like pe seeing people go from where they are to where they need to be. Like I love that. Like that's why I like making tutorials. I like I like making reviews because I just love getting the comments. Like, man, I just saw this review video because of that. You know. I started my own business or I did this, or I did that. And I'm like, that's, that's so cool. You know I mean? Money aside, like that to me is gold. And I love that. And if I can be smart enough to make a business around that, uh, man, I'd be so happy. And so if like YouTube were to be gone one day and I can rely on, on this business, um, and it's a business that helps people, man, that's, that's the dream. Heck yeah. That's a great goal to have. And again, it comes back to wanting to diversify your portfolio and have other avenues for, you know, if something were to, unfortunately you know go away or change or the algorithm changes or whatever right so yeah i hope uh, we're not scaring people saying like oh is youtube gonna go away next year what's happening <laughs> what do you know <laughs> well the well i mean the truth is is like yeah you uh one of the most lucrative uh websites on the internet is google and then the second is youtube and the third is facebook but the margin between third place and second place is huge like youtube in terms of revenue and how much that that website brings in is is unbelievable so um when it really comes down to it youtube will probably be safe like for the most part but youtube doesn't promise us creators any type of like salary or like there's no promise on how much we make uh from ad revenue there's no promise on whether or not they're going to promote our content or not so yeah, so it's important to diversify, and um, I just had a conversation with Michael Tobin before you, and he was talking about how uh, Corridor Digital just started their own website, and they're, you know, have people basically subscribing to the site, helping them decide what type of content they're going to make. Um, so yeah, we're seeing that a lot with other people starting. Uh, the you have a you even have a join button on your on your YouTube channel, right? So. Um, YouTube yeah, and, uh, and, I, and again, like, it's, it's, those, it's those kind of things that I have neglected over the years because I'm just, you know, just focused on just creating, which I love. But yeah, I think it's one of those things like, you know, now now that I'm an adult, I got to <laughs> think like an adult. I got to think like a business person because <laughs> it is a business. You know, I mean, if you're in the YouTube game, it, it is a business and you got to yeah. think like so. Do you miss the freelance kind of lifestyle or, or your the job you you used to have doing video content or is there an aspect of that that you miss at all no <laughs> no 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 i mean ever so often i'll i i work you know uh with with clients and i'll maybe work with a handful uh per year but not to the extent uh of what i did before youtube yeah. i used to i used to shoot a lot of weddings I used to shoot like 30 to 40 weddings a year yep me too um, as don't well miss as that at other... all <laughs> yeah oh man it's just i it's i think it's a lot harder than youtube because you know especially with weddings cuz you want to make sure uh, the bride and groom are happy. You, yeah. you know, if you mess. Totally. I remember. Oh gosh, I remember one time where I made a, a wedding video, and the bride said, 
I, the video is sweet, but can you make my face look better? Oh my gosh. And I, I, and I didn't know how to respond. I'm like, it's not, it's just, it's video. It may be with uh, photos, but there's, I could apply there's nothing a, I could do. Was it Red Giant Cosmo? I don't know if you ever use that. Oh, like, the Cosmo filter. Like, or plug softens in. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uh, I think it's things like that, Mike, that kind of just. Oh, the, de- just, the Demi Lovato wanna... effect. I remember she had a music video, and you could tell they like stretch it on the like top and bottom, so like the whole video looks like super squished to make her look thinner. It's so awful. Oh gosh, oh that's crazy. If you were, so, yeah. If you were CEO of YouTube, what would you change right now? Is there anything you would? Oh change? my gosh. Um. Wow. You just asked that. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> I would say. Um, uh, increase the uh, the CPM for everybody. There you go. Just you know, turn by ten dollars. Just, just ten, by ten dollars. <laughs> just turn the dial, especially for there filmmaker based YouTube channels. <laughs> yeah, twenty five dollars CPM. There it is for everybody, at least. <laughs> and if if you could go back and restart, what would you what would you change? Is, if there's anything you could change about your career that you could redo, <sighs> or are you happy with Man. how how the the cards were laid out? <laughs> um, I I kind of wish I. I uh I left my full time job sooner. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Well, you have yeah, a family I, too, so there there is that aspect. You had to take care of your family first, right? So. Yeah, I got to take care of the family, which is very important, and you know I don't I don't regret that. But you know sometimes I do wonder, like, man, would I would we be in a better place if I had stepped out sooner? I mean, I got uh, two kids, a third one on the way, and so obviously Congrats. the pressure is. Uh, I didn't know. Oh that. yeah. Oh, there you go. Got a third baby on the way. <laughs> That's awesome, man! Congratulations. But I think I think uh, thank you, and I think but I think like if it's if it's just you and your 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 significant other, like there's a lot less responsibility, right? A lot less baggage, if you if you will, not in a in a, in a bad way, but it's just true. There's a lot more free time that you have, and a little bit more flexibility. Um, and so I do wonder if I would have stepped out sooner. You know, I wonder where yeah. what I've been. But you know, uh, where we are at right now, I'm really happy. I'm glad uh, I get to be in this space. So I don't Absolutely. regret anything at all. I get to meet awesome people like you. Get to be on this awesome podcast, <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it's a it's a wonderful life, and I'm very blessed. I just can't wait for events to come back. Like I miss seeing everybody. Like this year was awful. We didn't get to see each other at all because NA, NAB didn't happen. VidCon didn't that happen. That was our thing. That was like our family reunion, NAB. I know. I know. Hopefully, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't think they're calling it yet, but it probably won't happen again, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But well, at least we have technology to keep us close together. That's true. That's true. Anything you'd like to leave with our audience here to hopefully inspire them, uh, people who are inspired by you and what you've been able to achieve on your channel? Um, I would just say, just, just create, man. Like just whatever's on your mind, whatever's in your heart, whatever you feel is, 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 is like just brewing inside, just create it, pick up a camera, whether it's a Sony, Canon, Fuji, or your iPhone, just film it, document, take photos, just create, especially in this time, like when everyone's so stressed out with, you know, the pandemic, whatever, like creativity and art is such a great stress reliever, a great way to express yourself. So just create. A lot of people would say, you know, entertainment is a non-essential work, you know, or, or something like that. But it's that's couldn't be further from the truth. I think entertainment is what has throughout history provided joy and happiness to people who, who need it most. And so if you're an artist and you've been blessed with that talent or that gift, go out there and create and um, bring joy to people through that gift. So 
just like Sydney Dongjin. Thank you, Sydney, so much for being (laughs) on the podcast today Uh, as a return guest. It was a real honor. Hopefully this was even better than the first time uh, because I was a total noob at this whole podcast thing when we first talked. I think I think we we were both noobs. Like I it was I wasn't sure how to podcast. I don't know how to podcast still, but <laughs> definitely Me neither. definitely then. <laughs> Me neither. I just pretend like we're talking on the phone. That's basically my. There trick. you go. That's it. <laughs> I will, Sydney. Thank you so much for being on. We look forward to seeing uh, your channel and following uh, Breaking Bags as well. <laughs> definitely follow it. It's a fun channel. I've filmed a lot of stuff. I, the next one will be Peter McKinnon's backpack. Oh, oh I yeah. tore that up. Ooh, I tore that up. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> have a Merry Christmas and a, a great holiday uh, season and we'll talk to you soon man see ya hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Sydney it's my joy to bring you guys this episode every single week make sure to subscribe in your Apple podcast player and leave us a rating and review if you're a fan of the show also reach out to me on Instagram and Twitter at Dave Mays and let me know if there's something about this show or something that's going on in your life that you would like for us to highlight on the golden hour podcast i want to include you guys more in this show so reach out to me and let me know that you heard this on the golden hour podcast and i'll try to get your message on the show once again i'm your host dave mays this is the golden hour podcast brought to you by the polar pro studio and we'll see you next week